Welcome to Swift Unwrapped, a show about the Swift programming language and other Swift.org projects. My name's JP Samard. And I'm Jesse Squires. And today we want to talk about a, uh, a proposal that's gotten quite a bit of attention over the last few years, even. This is not a new thing, uh, but it's been given new life. Um, and this is, of course, referencing the Enum case enumerable proposal, uh, also known as an all cases or all values static member on Enums that uh, could be generated and synthesized by the compiler, uh, allowing all sorts of cool, almost metaprogramming-like uh, functionality on top of Swift while retaining its its type-safe nature. Yeah, this whole discussion came up um, over a year ago around the, the Swift 3 development cycle. And while there was a lot of support for the proposal, we ultimately just ran out of time for that release. Um, there were just too many things happening uh, by the time it was uh, proposed, there's just no way to implement it in time. And it was just, it wasn't even, it was never even reviewed. It was just immediately deferred with the hope of coming back up later. Um, and here we are. Yeah. And there's all sorts of previous discussion on the Swift Evolution mailing list dating back to at least 2015, uh, where folks have been proposing the ability to get a list of all enum values for simple enums. Uh, in December 2015, you have uh, getting the count for enums. Count property comes up again, 2016, January. Uh, case innumerable again, 2016. So there's a lot of backstory here, and, and people have clearly needed something along these lines because this just keeps coming up. And I mean, there are so many scenarios where all you want to do is access, you, you just want an array of all the cases in an enum because enums are so powerful and swift, um, especially if you're using them, if you have like a raw string value enum um, and whatever these strings represent in your code base, you need this array to iterate over or even for something like displaying options to a user potentially or, you know. So I think it's still a super useful uh, tool that everyone is currently just writing manually. There's really no good way around this right now. Well, folks have used external tools like sorcery to generate all cases. Well, sure. Um, and so, you know, this proves that, uh, you know, people find a way when this the Swift standard library doesn't provide an option, um, which is a great mechanism, really, because it, it can help ideas uh, gel and mm -hmm. solidify in the community before committing to it uh, from the Swift standard library. But it, it's only useful if people are paying attention. Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems to be the case here. Uh, so discussion has been revitalized, a repitch on uh, deriving collections of enum cases. And really, there is kind of a higher level conversation here to be had where there might be a case for generating all values, not just for enums, but for other types as well, right? Where you mm -hmm. might want uh, all potential values of uint8, for example. Yes. And so there's this discussion going on right now as to how general do we actually want this? I don't see the value in something that is what I would say is over genericized 
it's too general, too generic. And uh, I don't know when you would necessarily want UN8.all values when you can easily just create a range with that. You know, there are already um, mechanisms in the standard library to achieve the same results in that case. Yeah. Can, actually, can you implement like your own ranges, some new type that is uh, rangeable? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know, know if there's they... a range rep, uh, representable type or something like that. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, that's what it would be. But I, I do know that you can you can definitely make custom ranges of, of your own types. Sure. Um, so there must be a protocol in there. Right. Oh, it's some... It might be comparable. Yeah. Comparable might might be the only requirement to to provide a range. Um we should look that up. I think uh it might have it might be in one of the collection based protocols where you can provide that range is built on top of. Uh, but, uh, but range is not a collection. No. Right? Range doesn't mm. conform to the collection protocol. Right. Let's uh I mean we'll we'll continue the discussion here and meanwhile I'll try to pull up uh Xcode and the Swift standard library to see if we can find this uh for some real-time follow-up. Um yeah, so I'm I'm not sure if I have a fully formed opinion on whether or not um generalizing this beyond cases is the right thing to do. I suspect that it might be premature to do that. Um, we yeah. might not want to close off uh, that door right away, right? We we might want to consider how to build um, in all cases for enum specifically first and then kind of let that solidify before we extend it to, to more types or to be more generic. But one thing to watch out for here is to maybe lose that it's possible to lose some of the value of the specific use cases of closing over uh, the values of an enum by trying to make that functionality more generic. Right. Uh, where if you try to find more common ground with other cases, that you lose some of the some of the specific value of having it for enums. Uh, so it's just something to watch out for here, at least. Yeah. And along these same lines, in the email, uh, Jacob proposes three potential options for how this all cases property on the enum would be synthesized. So, or as far as like what what the actual API would look like. So one thing to note is that uh, we've come a long way since this idea was originally proposed. So Swift has matured a lot, namely the generic system in Swift has evolved quite a bit. And so the original proposal and the first option that he uh, kind of specifies here is that you just have a static computed var called all cases that just returns an array uh, of those cases. But given the, uh, the evolution of the standard library, this uh, could also you could also define this associated type, a case sequence, and so then uh, all cases could return this uh, sequence type, or you could define this associated type uh, case collection, and then you have you know, any collection type, basically. So you have this collection where element equals self, um, and then you return that collection. So there's this, uh, aside from should this like value enumerable be available on more types than just an enum within the enum itself, how should we actually represent um, this, this property to access all cases? 
Um, I don't have really strong opinions here. I feel like sequence is a little bit too generic. Well, especially if you want to write generic code that leverages case enumerable or value enumerable, mm-hmm. uh, and you want to rely on the fact that there is a finite count. Right. Uh, you can't do that if it's um, unless you have a refinement of the value enumerable protocol that has a finite value enumerable, and then that and that just complicates things unnecessarily to right. me. It seems right. Um, although, on the other hand, there's no generic way currently to do um, the same thing as you know range zero to uint eight dot max. You know, there's no generic way to do that for all. I don't even know what they have in common. You know, for, mm-hmm. sure, you could probably do it for all uh, fixed with integers, right, uh, or binary integers. But um, beyond that, I, I I also hesitate to try to think of what generic algorithms you'd want to make with less information. You know, let, right. that's even more generic than that without even knowing that you're iterating over integers, right? Like. What kind of thing could you do uh, with just like an arbitrary type like that other than just like print it or (laughs) convert it to a string? Like, I don't know. Right. Uh, So it it starts to lose value the more generic you make it. And I think Jordan Rose uh, has um, some interesting articles on over abstraction. Yeah. And how if you make things even more generic, even less specialized, you start to lose some of the value that you're getting out of making things generic in the first place, which is to build reusable components, to to build reusable algorithms, uh, more generic algorithms, where if you have to find common ground and lose some of the value that each unique has that makes it different, Mm -hmm. then there's fewer and fewer things that you can do with that. Right. You know, this discussion is just beginning on Swift Evolution, and I hope we don't go down this bike-shutting rabbit hole of, you know, which generic thing is the best when like really I would say for 90% of cases just returning an array here is going to make everyone happy you know but this is something to be hashed out I guess Mm -hmm. well hopefully we get something for Swift 5 and you know we don't get to the point where we can't find common ground at all right? um, just because there is no optimal solution there's just a set of trade-offs and you know designed by committee means that no one can settle on which trade-offs to to pick and that's where hopefully some opinionated folks within apple's swift core team can be like thanks for all the input um everyone will will now pick one of these yeah uh and, and make um an opinionated but educated uh decision sure yeah. So Tony Elevato replied. Uh, so he uh, is the uh, proposal author and implementer of synthesizing uh, equatable and hashable, which we've discussed before. Uh, and he proposed um, using any random access collection uh, as the return type for this. And he argues that you shouldn't have this heap allocation for this array. Um, you're imposing a lot of potential burdens on the client by returning an array. And, you know, maybe this memory allocation won't be a big deal in all of these cases, but he argues that the standard library should strive for 
the most optimal solution all the time. And this is actually pretty interesting because if it returns this any random access collection, then I under the hood, you can actually derive the the all the values and their indices without actually like allocating an array up front like this. And he gives some examples in in the email. And I found that to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I like this yeah. a lot, actually. Um, and this this means that, uh, you know, ideally this protocol wouldn't only be usable by magic, by, you know, compiler synthesization. Mm-hmm. That, that you, could al- you could also conform to it using your own custom types and provide your own implementation to mm-hmm. it, uh, which... You know, that way, yeah, you, you don't want too much magic in, in the Swift language, right? Right. Uh, and that way, if you want to opt in to some of the niceties of, of value enumerable or case enumerable, uh, that you can do this. And also, uh, it's fine to return an array for like a synthesized implementation of um, enum all cases. Mm-hmm. But to enforce it uh, is, is probably not a great idea. Right. And most of the things that you can do on an array you can do on a collection, right? That's kind of the whole idea of, of, the, of the collection protocol. Right. It's a shame that there's no um, ordered collection protocol. Right. Uh, because I think in a lot of cases, you do want to preserve order. Mm-hmm. And right now it's, it's kind of, it's implicit right. where order is, well, it's never guaranteed to be stable at, at the type system level, but you can kind of look up uh, the the interfaces to the things that that you're using, and um, you know if it returns an array or if it returns um, any sort of stable collection, you can you can assume that ordering is is stable in that right. case. Right, but this also you know it really kind of depends on the type of the enum as well. So if you have a raw int value enum, there is like a, a an inherent order there uh, because each of these cases is backed by an integer. Uh, but if you have, uh, or there could be at least, you could at least argue that uh, with a string enum, like if we think of coding keys for the codable protocol, in that specific scenario, I mean, you could argue that strings have an order alphabetically, whatever, uh, but in the coding keys semantics, they're they're unordered JSON keys, basically. You know. Yeah, but that's so. a that's a limitation or it's a constraint of uh, the serialization protocol in that mm-hmm. case, right? Like you can think of codable as maybe outputting another format uh, with with ordered keys, mm. right? Like sure. lists. Yeah. Um. Uh, but also there's. There's some funny edge cases there too, where um, sure your raw representable int protocol or mm-hmm. enum um, might not necessarily have an ordered uh, set of integers in the same order that it's declared in the enum, right? So you kind of have two orders there, and the lexicographical ordering of right. uh, enum keys for a string-backed raw representable enum might not match the order in which it's declared in the enum either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here, I think the ordering isn't um, how the raw representable values is ordered, but rather how what the declaration order right. is. 
Right. Right. Because you you can have uh, an int enum that has associated in values of one, two, three, zero, four. Right. Um, and in most cases, that's, that's probably a bad idea, but there are probably cases in which that makes sense. Yeah. One example I've seen is uh, declaring an enum for HTTP um, error codes, which I guess, well, you could order those, but you're also skipping lots of values there, which may be unintuitive in some mm-hmm. circumstances, but um, yeah. Yeah, there there are times when an enum is kind of used to map to some external concept, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's um, kind of some C library that you're that you're using and, and you want to map um, those cases to kind of an internal representation to abstract over it. Um, and in those in those times you don't really have control over the ordering. Right. Uh, so um, it'd be nice to to actually preserve that ordering. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also the whole conversation about associated values, enums with associated values. Right. Which, you know, what do you do for the all values or all cases synthesized um, option there? Right. Um, that's still a little bit unclear to me. I am not sure if that was even kind of solved in the original proposal idea. You know, it may be that those are just not uh, associated value types. Maybe we decide that those just can't conform to this case enumerable protocol. Yeah, um, that's what Jacob seems to propose here is that um, uh, maybe it, maybe enums with associated values just wouldn't be allowed to participate in the auto generation at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's all sorts of other tricky situations here, such as uh, enums that are imported from C or Objective-C headers, where um, the set of options might change depending on what header file you're compiling against. Yeah. Um, same thing goes with availability annotations on some cases, right? And it seems like the easiest thing to do is to just kind of skip those and opt out of the auto-generation if ever you know there's anything that's not a straightforward uh, simple set of enum cases, mm-hmm. but that obviously limits the uh, usefulness of a feature like that. Right. So in in this case, it's um, you know a way to you know quote solve those problems. You're not going to automatically generate them, but then that opens the question: Well, if you don't own this type, if this type, if this enum is from a different module, can you add this conformance yourself? And that's also an open question because what happens when this thing changes? Um, similar to, um, there's a discussion a while back about Codable and uh, why you can't add this to types you don't own. It's because you don't have, you may not have all the information that you need to encode and decode that type because there may be private members that are serialized and deserialized through that protocol that you can't access because it's a different module. Now, ultimately, I'd be personally happy with even the um, most basic version of this. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, uh, the Swift evolution process kind of lends itself to to overloading or uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Just packing too much or packing a whole lot into the discussion because you have to commit to kind of the whole thing right. or nothing. Right. Uh, whereas if you look at traditional kind of internal engineering projects, you'd be like, well, 
here's uh, kind of the MVP that you can build out of this. Right. Um, and let's try to keep in mind future directions so that we don't hamstring ourselves and close unnecessary doors. But ultimately, like, we don't have to decide things that are like, you know, version five of this. Uh, what if we kind of focus on the the core components of this, build that out, try to keep in mind future directions, but not necessarily have to hammer out all the details. Right. Where like now this this is kind of growing to be a fairly massive proposal mm-hmm. uh, that tries to consider like even more and more complex cases. Uh, but ultimately, wouldn't it be nice if we can just kind of hammer a first basic version of this for Swift 4.1? Yeah, And then maybe um, for Swift 5, we can extend on it and try to figure out some more edge cases. Yeah, I think, you know, we can focus on enums, um, not return an array, you know, maybe a random access collection type and try to solve this problem. Well, to be clear, like the protocol can... um, can guarantee a, a return type of a collection mm-hmm. and then the synthesized version can return an array. Right. 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 Um, but. Uh, and, and that would be similar to equatable and hashable today where you can, you add that or and even codable, you add that conformance and you automatically get the default synthesis, the synthesizing and then you can customize further and override those defaults if you need to. So hopefully we can land in that same space with this. Yeah. I guess you'd have to explicitly add conformance to it because not all enums would automatically uh, guarantee that the generation of this all values member. Yeah. If, if there's associated values for some of the types, for example. Yeah. But also, I mean, just like with all these other things. I think one concern is, well, if you just automatically do that, then um, if you automatically generate these things, then you're just potentially creating a uh, a bunch of code that isn't going to be used, right? You're generating all It this. doesn't need to be emitted into the binary, right? This can be generated by the runtime because uh, all this type sure. metadata is already in the binary. Right. Um, so there, there's definitely a lot of optimizations there. Uh, this could potentially not add any weight to the binary size. Right. All right, I think that's all we will discuss for today. You can find the show on Twitter at Swift underscore Unwrapped, and you can find me at Jesse underscore Squires. You can find me on Twitter at SimJP. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on iTunes. And uh, if you want to join the discussion, we're on spectrum.chat. Check us out there.